Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. So this week I was supposed to kick off a new um, series where we look at, we're we calling it Major on the Minors. I've said it once before in the church, I don't believe there's anything like a minor prophet. I think there is a shorter book um, recording the life of some of the prophets. But I want to say a prophet that heard the voice of God and shaped the future, the, the current state of a nation is no minor thing in my life. So I know is history why we call it the minor prophets and the, the major prophetic books. But I just want to say it's, it's not a minor thing to hear the voice of God. And for us as a people, may we be a people that, that hear the voice of God, all of us. Regularly, but I parked that thing for next week, so we'll kick it off. I felt that where we ended last week, who was here? I'm sorry, I'm asking you to raise your hands all the time. It's like a circus show. <clears throat> but I felt that I ended it with, with saying, "Who wants to be meaningfully part of 2017?" And we stood and and I prayed over you. And for me, unfortunately, that's just not good enough. So this morning we're going to talk. A little bit into that, and then afterwards we're going to do something about that. Is that all right? Okay, so this morning, not, not a particularly Johan message where I'm going to expound on, on things necessarily. I've got a message where I've gone and done something that I normally don't do. I don't like this thing where people say we're doing alliteration or assonation. A lot of A's and a lot of B's and a lot of C's. Or when they say, this is the word and you unpack it. But I have done it with the word that I'm going to share on this morning. So I'm asking you this morning to be gracious towards me. Open your heart and receive maybe something that's different than what I normally bring it. But it is absolutely a conviction that this is something we need to hear in my heart for us as a church. So Father, I thank you that this morning we stand um, in your presence hearing your word more than my opinion. I ask you for this, Lord. May it not be a message of, of uh, nice opinions and, and quirky phrases and interesting things, but may it be something that imparts your heart into the very life of this church, God, into the very life of every person here. Um, I ask you for this, my God. I depend on you, Holy Spirit, on nothing else. Amen. So, like all things do not change there there's still some words involved here so <laughs> listen to listen to this this thing this thing is the virtue of not being tied down by concerns about one's possession it often means to provide help to others by giving them an unusually precious item Without thinking twice. What do you think this word or this concept is? Generosity. Etymology, the existence, the start of a word, the base of a word, is, 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 that's the study of it. The etymology of this word is genes it is it is that beginning it is the root of the thing 
generosity. I want to read it again because it's the virtue of not being tied down by concerns about one's possessions. Often it means to provide help to others by giving them an item without thinking twice. Generosity. And this word was mostly used, the word generosity, in the 16th century. When a person who acted with generosity, lavish of bountiful generosity, was considered nobility. It was an act of being of noble birth. So, so if I just acted generous in the 16th century, everybody would think That's, that is a knight or something Johan or... Duke, Johan, or whatever. And I want to say there's something of the royal nature of God in the word of generosity. That thing of God that did not hold anything back. Who gave lavishly without concern for it. And nowadays that word in in church circles are are used sometimes with... uh, Putting your hand in your pocket and giving towards a cause. Eh? If you go to churches, that's what happens. We preach on generosity and then the next minute there's a special offering being taken up. <clears throat> it's coming. Yeah, the one says it's coming. <laughs> so the current word of, if, if I had to go to, my kings go to king school here. If I had to go to the kids at the King's School and I ask them, what is generosity? I wonder how many of them will say to me, it's when I receive or give money. Would, would you say that that's a fair assumption that the word generosity in our circles are mostly linked towards giving or finances? Yeah, I would, I would say so. Here in um, the use of that word here in Limbro, if you call yourself a Limbronian, uh, that's not what we believe. So now everybody can relax. Let me see those shoulders relax. We are not appealing for finances. I want to say we as a church do not believe in, in constantly preaching about finances. We don't. We, from time to time, have gone, gone to the church and said we need some finances for X, Y, and Z. Two years ago, I think we did it. Can you guys remember the cooling system that we now... Um, have the pleasure of enjoying if the doors are open. We, we took money up for that and we, we did that. So in the, from time to time, I hope you will be gracious as a congregation and allow us to come to you and say, there is a need, not just a desire. There is a necessity, not a want. And you can hold us to account that we keep that thing in balance that way. Right, so we as a church, we as leaders here, we hope that when we build God's character in your life, that it will open up the natural flow of God in and through your life. We hope that as we help you in establishing and pursuing the purpose of God for your life, that you will see something of His enabling in your life. And we hope that as we as we envision you in this church, that it is something that is birthed in the Spirit, that you can say with conviction, I'm committed 
to this thing that God has called me to. This mandate that he has given us as a church. And this thing that he is our vision. Jesus Christ. When I articulate it and I say, know him, make him known. I'm telling you as a church, he, Jesus Christ, who died, was resurrected, ascended to heaven, seated in glory. He is our vision. And we hope that rather focusing on that will make you be a generous person who acts like a noble here in this day and age in this area. Generosity. Anybody here ever experienced absolute lavish generosity towards you? Just ridiculous stuff. Like you, you, you did not deserve it. And you ask yourself, why such favor? Why such favor? Can I, can I tell you a story about my life? I, I like stories. I love pens, nice pens, and watches. So while Lisa and I just joined this church, I had a Waterman pen that one of my friends gave me for my 30th. The first Sunday we came, the cap disappeared. Someone stole the cap of my Waterman. Guess what? They came back the next week, and they took my pen. How ridiculous is that? I still think I know who it is, but... But I've, I've, I've let it go. So when Mike Duff was here, he leaves his work. His boss gives him a Mont Blanc. And he comes and he rubs it in my face. Look what I got. I got a Mont Blanc. I'm sitting there with God and I'm saying, Lord, I must probably make peace with this. I'll never have a Mont Blanc. Because I cannot justify paying the price for a pen that disappears over the course of two weeks. Cap and then the, the pen disappears. So I'm sulking and sulking and sulking with God, and eventually I get over it, and our friends fly in from, from Cape Town, and he says, guess what? Last time Molly's got a gift, this time you're getting a gift. And he takes out this big black box, and it's a Mont Blanc limited edition John Lennon pen with an original LP of Imagine. It's not just a Mont Blanc. It is... Like, it's ridiculous how much people pay for these things. Really, it is. It's like something like $1,000 that I just get given, and I really did not deserve it. And at that stage, I was over it. But that, like, that is lavish generosity. But anyway, just, just a side issue. So we here at, at Limbro believe more in generosity of heart, generosity of life, than gen- generosity of, of finances. What do I mean when I say generosity of heart? In 2 Corinthians 9, 7 to 9, it says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, and not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And in this church, I know we have used that scripture when we have taken up the tithes and offerings. I know that. I know in other churches, that scripture is predominantly used when you take up tithes and offerings. But I want to say that you must decide in your heart To be a cheerful giver in all aspects of your life. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. So a couple of things with generosity. I would say that it starts, generosity of heart, starts with yourself. Anybody here ever been convicted to be a little bit more gracious and generous towards yourself? 
I must be the only one, me and Kylie, my, my adopted daughter. We're there, eh? Got each other. But generosity sometimes has to start at home. Have you ever heard that? Generosity starts at home. I think that this morning, God's want to say that can you as a person, and when I say you as a person, I'm talking to myself, can you be generous in believing what he believes about you? Can you go and stand in front of the mirror and say, he believes that I am worthy. That I'm worth something. Can you go into a job that you, you feel overwhelmed that you got the job because you don't have the skill. And just stand in front of the mirror and hear God say, be generous with, with what you believe about yourself. I think you are competent. I think you are able. The second thing with generosity at home is can we be a little bit more gracious towards ourselves? We had a, a worship workshop yesterday for the musos, the, the people that are already part of the team. And I felt God say to them that you need to know you do not qualify yourself. Therefore, you cannot disqualify yourself. You need to stand in that place where you are in His grace not perfect, but perfectly forgiven. Next thing for you as a person that I believe we need to be more gracious, that I need to be more gracious, you need to be more, more, more generous with, is, is your thoughts about your future. I think sometimes we don't think we deserve a better future. But that is the wonder and the awe of Jesus' price. He sealed our past, our present, and our futures. He is generous beyond belief. And sometimes our lack of generosity in our thoughts about our future stops what God wants to do in and through our lives. So quickly, a couple of points. I think it's a 11 ones. You can just jot them down and think about them during the course of the week. Generosity of heart is in your words. Are you generous with encouragement? Are you generous with words of affirmation and love? Or are you maybe sometimes where my camp where we are generous with criticism? Mm. Generous with your emotions and your affection. When you say you are part of this body, can the people next to you testify that you are a brother or a sister? Or does your affection stop at the side of your chair? Generosity of heart. Your time and your tolerance. Are you generous with your time, what you give towards people and the things of God? Participation. Are you generous in participation? Are you generous with your talents and your gifts? You know, every Sunday we sit here and Jermaine and them are singing their hearts out. They are generous towards us with their gifts. Are you generous with your response during worship? Are you lavishing on him what is due to him? Generosity of heart in grace and in gentleness. 
The word says, may your speech be seasoned with grace. Are you generous in flexibility? Somebody says, ah, oh, I'm so sorry. I've missed a coffee date. Uh, but can we do it tomorrow? And you're saying, no, I won't be generous. <laughs> I know there's sometimes reasons I'm there. My diary also fills up quite quickly. But are you flexible? Are you generous in compassion? Are you, are you quick to give compassion? Even when somebody just deserves something because it was their own, their own stubbornness. Are you compassionate? Are you generous in your prayer? When somebody says this is an issue, are you generous to say, I will pray? And are you generous in actually doing it? Are you generous with your faith? I link faith with risk. Are you generous in your risk? Can you step out when you might, might make a fool of yourself? Can you give even when there's lack? Now let's get on to generosity. Matthew 20 Verse 1 to 16. Don't you open your Bible there? The ESV, if you can. If you've got a pen, keep a pen handy because I'd like you to underline one of the verses. But this is the story or the, the, the parable that Jesus shares with his disciples and his followers. And he says that a man who owned a vineyard, obviously a wealthy guy with land, goes out and he looks for laborers. He finds the laborers in the first hour that he goes out. He brings them in. He says, do you agree to work for this rate? They say, shop, we're on board. He goes out three hours later and he says, there are more people, send them into the yard to work. You too will receive X amount. They say, cool. He goes out another three hours later and he says, go and find them. They come, they go into the yard, they work. At the end of the day, he says, now let us square off. Those that work for me, you are worth your wages, come and receive. And I think Jesus is quite clever in how he positions the story because he says that the guy calls the people that work for the shortest time and he pays them first in public. He doesn't call them quietly to the back office and say, here's your envelope, please don't share, it's confidential between employees. He says, here you go. This is what your labor was worth today and the transaction is done. The first people that work the longest see that Jesus paid the shorter workers, people that worked for a shorter time, he paid them the same that he paid them that worked for a longer period. And there's commotion. 
All of a sudden, they're not comfortable and they, they, they pick it and they take up placards and they say, no more. No more, no more, no more. And this, this landowner calls them and he says what we're going to read in this verse. But, but don't you sometimes find we also in that situation where we feel that our payslips determine our value or our status? Because that's what happened here. The guys that worked for the first one says that's our worth. They actually say it. You have made them worth the same as us. May we, as a people, just one of the cautions to us as Lombronians, may we not give status, prominence, importance, and value to payslips. Please, I implore you. But the verse I want you to underline is verse 15. And the landowner says to them, Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? Can you underline that in your Bible? Can you go and read it and meditate on it, that it becomes alive to you? Jesus is saying here, As much as he is saying the money that is used to pay for the labor, the laborers, when you say, you and I say, we have been bought by a price, we are subjected and submitted to Jesus Christ our Lord. We are no longer ourselves. Can you not allow him to do with what belongs to him what he chooses? But as a people, we sit there and we say, okay, God, I will pray for that group. But that group, I will not go to. I will give this, but I will not give this. By virtue of you saying, I belong to Jesus Christ, this scripture takes on a different context for you. Jesus wants to do with you what he chooses. And it is a safe space. Okay, generosity. G. I believe G stands for give freely should be on the screen. That scripture that I read, give freely without compulsion. May, may, may then nobody brings, bring you under condemnation to give. May you just give freely. E stands for everything is His. May I not do with what is mine as I choose. Jesus, you are my Lord. I belong to you, but please don't tell me what to do. Everything is his. Do you wake up in the morning and think, whatever I have is Jesus's. My vehicle, the fuel in my my tank, it's Jesus's. It's his. Everything is his. The food I have is his. When I bought that lovely takeaway meal from McDonald's and I come to the intersection, everything is his. When there's a beggar standing who hasn't eaten in a week, everything is his. N stands for nothing is sacred. I told you guys about my love for watches and the lavishness that had actually nothing to do with the message. But this one has to do with the message. 
I also love watches. So the pen thing didn't have anything to do, but the watches do. So I had this habit of when I see a nice watch, I would say, please, can I have it? And it served me well. I picked up a few, a few beauties. But I had one particular watch that I bought myself, and it, it was a nice, big, round face fossil. And whenever I led worship on stage, when I got off stage in Cape Town, people would say, yo, that watch looked hot on your arm this morning. And I would go, oh, yeah, it's just God. <clears throat> I love that watch. And I, I'm standing in the service. I'm not on stage worshiping. And God says to me, give the watch to the person behind me. I said, no, God, I've got my nice watch on. You can ask me again next week. I even thought of turning around and looking at the person behind me so that I could position me when I had a different watch on in front of the person. But I didn't. So it, it, it happened. So I walked away in disobedience that week, and I came back the next week. And I had the same watch on. And lo and behold, God says, turn around and give away the watch. I turn around, I take the watch off, and I just give it to the guy. Nothing is sacred. That watch must have been special to me, but to God, it's, it's, it's not, nothing is, is too sacred for him to use. He will use a cheap, beautiful watch for his purposes. We moved to Joburg. How long have we been here now? Six, seven years? This oak that I gave the watch to ended up in Cornerstone. Got slightly bruised and bent out of shape. Came to visit us the other day wearing my watch. Well, his watch. Wearing his watch. And he says to me, every time I look at this watch, I remember God loves me. Because I was standing in the service saying, sure, that's a nice watch. And you turned around and gave it to me. Nothing is sacred. God will use whatever. And you cannot say, this is too precious. It's a silly little watch. I don't know what God is going to ask you to do. But maybe it's just a pen or, or, or some chewing gum or something. But nothing can be sacred when you have a life of generosity. The E. I've written this and I've stolen a little bit of what Bob sent to us. The ones of expectant, expectation, expectancy. You have that? Can I say, when you say, Lord, I want to be generous, be expectant that he's going to use you. Don't make it a flippant, careless thing like, Lord, I want to be generous. And you, in your heart, haven't settled that everything is his. Expectation. In Proverbs eleven twenty four, I think Duan read it this morning. It says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. And another withholds what he should give and only suffers want expectation there is an expectation to give expectancy my cousin Molises has, has got twin cousins they're both pastors he walks out of a conference to the parking lot God says give 20 rand to this lady that'll stand behind a red car whatever he says Lord I have 50 bucks I'm going to be generous God says 20 rand my bro he tussles with God all the way to the car. He gets to the car. Eventually, he says, here's 20 rand. The lady breaks down and she says, I was asking God for just 20 bucks. There are people out there that we don't know what they have had conversation-wise with God. 
And in being obedient to the generosity of God, you are fulfilling a greater purpose than just parting with a possession. You are telling them that there is a loving God that you can expect things from because He is faithful to do what He has said. R. John 3, 27 says, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You need to learn to receive. You need to learn to receive. O is for ownership. I put a little thing next to it. I said accountability and care. It's one of the biggest things if you have children to get them to own something. Because ownership comes with I need to look after something. I need to, I need to look after it that it's, it's, it's in a better state almost than what I received it. Constantly. Constantly. You need to understand ownership. You need to understand that it is your duty to look after the things that God has given you. Because he might ask you to give it to somebody who deserves it, who needs it. S for stewardship. You will hear stewardship in churches all the time. You will hear that we tell you that nothing is ours. We are just stewarding on God's behalf. We use the term stewardship when we talk about the money because we, we want to be faithful stewards of what God has given to this church. Stewardship. And that's one of the things is knowing it's not yours that you are managing. But it also means you cannot cling on to something. A steward is just the, the one that should take and move on. Take and move on. Stewardship. I, I couldn't go me, myself, and I, so I went I, myself, and me. Is that all right? And it's not the one where it's just, I'm going to say you are bad because you only focus on yourself. I've made that point. There's an expectancy that God will, will work with generously in and through your life. But this one is, is you and I sometimes think only the people with the big bang balances. I'm supposed to be generous. Oh, Lord, if you can only speak to that person to give me a, a German vehicle. <clears throat> oh, no, they've got, they've got German vehicles. They should give. <laughs> it's, God wants to use me to be generous. He doesn't just want to use everybody else around you. What's the use you? T is for time and tolerance. How much of your time do you freely give? Or how much of your time do you actually just Concede to being taken when it's demanded. Do you, do you just give attention because somebody's demanding your time? Or do you actually think, let me live in the moment 
and give my time and my attention and my tolerance in this situation and engage with somebody meaningfully. How many of you sit at the beginning or the end of a week and say, let me see what I'm going to do with the next seven times 24? How many of you go, I need time in this block to rest? I cannot run at the space of going to bed at one and waking up at four. How many of you go, my children need T-I-M-E. How, how can I plan this? How many think that this friend needs 15 minutes of my un? Divided attention just on WhatsApp. Or are you generous in the time that you give to Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> those type of things? And I seem like I contradict myself, but guys, the addiction is real sometimes. It is. Do you just tolerate people sitting in front of you for the sake of getting it over and done with? There needs to be some planning and generosity in all aspects. Time, I think, is under most demand nowadays. Why? Simply put, why not? <coughs> Somebody got that. Thank you so much. Why not try this generosity in God? Why not say, Lord, this is my life. I've, I'm an emotional, spiritual, physical being. If you need me to put my hand in my pocket, then this is it, Lord. But if you need me to put my hand to the stopwatch and say, time out. Just going to pay attention, then so be it. Lord, if I need to carry a burden with a friend of mine and there's an emotional generosity that I need to give, why not? Why not? We as leaders in this church are much more interested in your heart than your pockets. We are much more interested in your hands willing to come and say, what can I do? Than we are with just the Nelsons. We are much more interested in your heart for the purpose of God, for your life, making a difference where you are than we are with the finances. We believe that if your heart is joined with the heart of the Father and you see Jesus lifted high and you are taking his love out into the communities, he is faithful to bring what is needed. So I'm not prefacing something that we are going to take up time. That will happen. I, that, that is just part of being something of this church. But... We are much more interested in you saying, here's my heart. I catch this vision. I'm here. And if that means my hands become dirty because I'm turning the soil, I'm there, Lord. So now to link this to what I said when I started. Stay tuned for scenes from our next episode.
the next episode is you didn't just stand up last week and said, I want to make a meaningful contribution in 2017 and walk away. When you raised your hand, I took it as you saying, I'm committed to the vision of this church. From time to time, we have things that we need hands. Kids ministry. We are looking for volunteers to take a step from last episode, step into this episode, and become a regular appearing person in a ministry. Mel, where's, where's Mel in kids ministry today? They need volunteers. So I'm going to ask you if you want to get involved with kids ministry. That means you can be part of, they tell stories, they do worship. Sometimes they just need somebody who makes sure the kids don't harm themselves. Because they run on the fields. If you've got five, or well, even if you've got one, you'll know how quickly it happens. Hey, Reuben. Happens quickly. Sometimes we just need an adult to supervise them. The other thing where we need more hands is the visitors, the hosting, the coffee area. Who's queued for a coffee longer than a minute? Yeah? The, the volumes are just growing. Either you guys are consuming more coffee, or there are more people consuming more cups of coffee. Colina served faithfully, making sure our visitors are with her team. They are touched, introduced, loved, and cared. It's all of our duty, actually. This is our house. People come to my house. I don't go and park off upstairs and say to Molise, hey, you host, woman. I do say, cook. (laughs) We need hands. And you know, if this was a vanilla church, and it was just a normal suburban church where we had people from one race and one socioeconomic stream and one this and one language coming through, it would be okay for us to just say, hey guys, that's." but we need people that understand Vanak and speak it. This isn't a place where we get to decide you can join and you can't. God adds to this body who he will. I'm saying there needs to be hands and faces and Languages that can help us out in the visitors area. And now for this young, entitled generation of millennials, we even need your hands. And we're not going to debate with you about the philosophy behind it. We are just going to be like parents and say, please help us and do it because you are in this house. Okay? Let's work into that. And then our old, older generation that walks with wisdom and life experience, we need you. We need you. We desperately need you. If there wasn't a missing presence of experience in our millennials' lives, I think we would have seen more responsible millennials. But we need you. Please, we need you. So this morning, scenes from our next episode is saying, 
Will you not just become a visitor appearance in one episode, but can you join the cast of the series of LRC Limbro in a meaningful way? Can you be generous in what you have as a person? Afterwards, Colleen, can I ask you to just stand around if there are people here after the service to come to you and say they want to help out in visitors, if you don't mind. That's Colleen. Can you guys look at her and just applaud her? <clears throat> I'm going to ask Ruben to stand in the front because we need extra help with, with coffee and with, with hosting and grounded. Because we need to make another coffee station somehow. I will find a coffee machine somehow, even if I have, if I have to bring my one from home. But there will be another coffee machine soon that we can serve delicious Hebrews everywhere. So Reuben will stand for that. And then, Brandon, do you mind if I ask you just to stand for kids' ministry afterwards? If you want to sign up and say, I want to make a meaningful way. That's three of many ministries in this church. Those are three that I'm highlighting this week. Because there's no ways that you as a person of integrity can say the one week I want to get involved and just not do it. I love you too much <laughs> to allow you to not be a person of integrity. Is that all right? Okay, cool. So quickly, generosity. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? You are part of God's generosity for this world. Whatever way it is. He wants to use you to be an express expression of his generosity to some of his other children. And now I am going to ask you, if you want to say, Lord, I declare that you are Lord and Savior. And I'm giving myself to you, not just in word, but in deed. Will you stand with me? The others, please, if you're not there, do not stand. Because I promise you, if you say to God, use me, I want to do this. He will. He is faithful. So I'm not doing this flippantly. If you want to be part of God's generosity to the people around you and to this world who desperately need something other than a self-centered, self-focused people, please will you stand with me?